is According to Callus. This is Monday night. This is episode 195. And we're going to go with Morality Matters. We have five topics we're going to cover. You have to be practical sometimes. Two wrongs don't make a what rights. Accept the imperfect and one step forward. And away we go. All right. So, I often struggle with the idea that perhaps at times I am just too principled. I'm just not willing to bend. I'm not willing to accept something that's not the ideal. Now, I do, I I often have to uh, accept that which is not ideal because that's life. You have to you have to take what the you're dealt, if you will. Um, it's frustrating, but you have to be practical. You you end up with a result that you didn't desire, but you have to make the best of it. You have to work with what you've got. In case you haven't figured, I'm talking about the primaries and the outcome, and it's not just the primaries. It is just the way it goes sometimes. It's just a practical matter that you cannot win at times. Now, that doesn't mean that it's a loss. What do I mean? Just because you don't get what you wanted or what you desire doesn't mean that you can't make the lemonade out of the lemons. You have to be practical. You have to adapt. You have to... Work within the new confines of reality. They kept preaching to us how there was a new normal we all had to accept. For two years, we heard, well, there's going to be a new normal. There's a new normal. There's a new normal. Now, whether or not you want to blame it on the Great Reset or the COVID or whatever, whatever your thought process is on that, things have changed. You don't have to like it, but you have to accept it. You have to be practical. And how do we adapt? How do we, how do we move forward? What, what is the next thing to do? Well, funny you should ask. That goes with where we're at right now. So, when something less than perfect happens, you can get upset. You can fight. You can get angry. You can do any number of things, but that's not productive. And the whole point of being involved, the whole point in trying to get things done is to be productive. And if we just go sit on the sidelines because we didn't get the best result we wanted, if we didn't get the mm, optimum outcome, right? If, if, if we have to accept something less than ideal, but we have, we, we have to accept that. And if we're unhappy and we sit out or we're unhappy and we just choose not to engage, if we're unhappy and we work against what we were given, we squander the opportunity as it was, how are we not guilty of making another wrong? How are we not guilty of you know, losing that opportunity, wasting what was given to us? That, that, that's the essence of the, the second wrong. The, the first wrong being that you had to settle for something that was less than ideal. The, 
meaning that that was that was something that you feel was a wrong, right? But to then, you know, fight to squander the opportunity that you were given, that's the second wrong. Now, I, I think back, you know, when I was a child, this was, you know, a common result. Not just me, but many children I knew. They didn't get what they want. They had their temper tantrum. They sat out and they missed out on what opportunity was presented to them. What I'm suggesting is, is this is a direct outcome of being practical. You don't go and do something more negative. You don't, you don't do something that only makes matters worse, if you will. Again, and this falls directly into the idea of our job the whole point of government is to protect individual rights, right? To safeguard the populace, to ensure God-given rights are protected. And if they're not going to do that, they're failing. They're the problem. Now, I've covered this in a number of books I've reviewed. I've covered this in a number of different episodes, this is a reoccurring theme, right? If if government's not going to do the job they've been given, then what's the point? But herein lies the real deeper question, what rights and what priorities? I mean, are we talking about negative rights or positive rights? Are we talking about essential rights or plenary or secondary rights? Are we talking about the idea of, well, I want to be able to do whatever I want to do without consequence. Well, that's that's more of like a permissive attitude. That's more of a libertine attitude. Not that there's anything entirely wrong with that, but the idea of liberty is you have freedom, but you also have responsibility. You have the wisdom to temper and not do the things that you maybe could because they're not necessarily good. They're... The idea that Paul touches on is, you know, all things are permissible, but not everything is good, good for you, right? Not a positive outcome, if you will. So we have to examine what are the priorities? What are the rights that matter most? What is it that we're really concerned about? And that, of course, means that we have to accept the imperfect. Now, I'll give you a good for instance. In the political realm, many of us had to accept Donald Trump. He was imperfect. In fact, I would say he was very imperfect, but he did a lot of good things. So we accepted that. We worked with it. We didn't squander the opportunity. And to some extent, he did do some good things. And we were happy about that. And now we've got Joe. Now, ideally, Joe should help us recover and fight back and give us control of Congress. But the problem is we squandered that the last time we had it. We didn't do anything by a we. I mean the Republicans, the conservatives, the, the people right of center. We did nothing. They don't know how to be proactive. They don't know how to be principled and work towards a goal. All they do is manage their losses. And that's disappointing. They're squandering opportunities. They're not being practical. It's a managed defeat. Think Lindsey Graham, right? So the idea is when these things happen, you take what you get. You, you take the lesser of the evils, if you will. You take the, 
less than ideal situation and you work with it and you take that one step forward. You know, there's the old adage, three steps forward, two steps back, but that still nets you one step forward. We didn't get to where we are today, where, where the precipice of disaster, if you will, in our country today, but for many, many small steps. Call them progressives, for lack of a better phraseology. Uh, you can throw out any kind of term you want, big government uh, people, right? They always want to build more control, more power out of D.C. And that doesn't benefit anybody. This is one of the things that we should be looking at when when you think about localism, when you think about self-control, self-government, you think about it at the smallest level of government. Now, there's abuse there to be sure, but it's much easier to rein somebody in at a lower level, at a closer level. Now, unfortunately, sometimes it means you have to deal with the cult of personality. And what do I mean by that? You, you get a person that for well, at least in the states, they're elected to office, but they could be appointed somewhere else, or they they could um, just by a certain series of circumstances end up in a role that they didn't even necessarily mean to have. But based upon personality, by presence, by whatever, they build up a cult of personality. They they have a loyal following where those people just don't question anything they're doing. Now. That sometimes can be good. Most of the time it turns out to be bad because those people actually believe their own stuff after a while and they start to do things without regard of how it affects everybody else. But that's much easier to deal with at a lower level. But it has to be dealt with and dealt with effectively. And the question is, how do you do that? The answer is, we shall find out. The answer is, it's different for every situation. The answer is you have to work. You have to show up. You have to do the basics and you have to do them well. It's very easy to run against something. It's very easy to work against something, but when you're working for something, that's more impressive. That's a positive outcome. That is being productive. That is making that one step forward. Now, our enemies, for lack of a better term, have been very good in being destructive and taking things apart and pulling things down. That doesn't benefit anybody long term, but it gives them their goal. It gets them their opportunity to get more power. It gets them more access, more control. And unless we actively work to disrupt that, they gain more and more power and control and they become stronger and stronger over time. They become more difficult to dislodge. It becomes more challenging to slow them down. And especially when you're dealing with the cult of personality, the stronger they get, the more sure that they're right, the more sure that they ought not be questioned, the more sure that they know what's best becomes ingrained into everybody. But you don't overcome that overnight. You have to show that one, you're willing to stand. You have to hold your ground. You have to be able to articulate your values, your rights, your accurate opposition, but not just be against, but be for something. So whenever you're involved in a political thing, that's very easy. It's typically easy to articulate good and bad, right? Right, wrong, evil, and not evil, right? Right? 
But when you're dealing with things that are less obvious, that are less direct, you have to be able to think two and three steps forward. You have to look at what is the end goal here. You have to look at this is where we are. What is their desired outcome? And you have to be prepared to deal with that. And that is something that our people have not done well. That is something that I could do better. That is something that we've been lacking on for a century. Our opponents, the other side, those that would have us turn into a socialist paradise, right? Those that would desire to reset the world into their own image have been working methodically towards this for at least a century. Some would say two. The idea being is that every little step forward is success in their eyes. They don't expect to get it all at one time. They expect that at the end of the year or at the end of decade, they can see the improvement in their own eyes of what they wanted. But we don't do that. And I I would guess that probably 30% of our people are actually in on the ploy. They're, they're, they're there to make a show out of fighting it. They're there to slow the process down so that it's palatable to the rest of us. But I got to ask you, with what we've seen in the last two years, have you not noticed where we've gone? Could you imagine in the year 2018 any of this? Could you imagine that We would be grateful to be able to just go to the store without being hassled. Could you imagine that people would be concerned about putting a business out of business because they don't support the right cause? Now, there's always been a small percentage of people that would have been on board with that nonsense. But ideally, you're free to associate with those you wish to associate with and do business with those you wish wish to do business with. But for whatever reason, we don't like that. We don't feel that it's enough. You know, they talk about the ESG. Now, if you don't know what ESG is, you need to go look it up. I'm not going to tell you. But it has to do with environmentalism, socialism. And some have other ways of explaining that. But I'm just giving you a hint. Go look it up. Take the time and see if you see these things being implemented across the board. And what do you think that means for the rest of us? You know, it was a great stride forward, we thought, for freedom, for liberty, when something like Bitcoin was out and about. And it was going to be free from control and give power to the people. But did you really think it wouldn't be co-opted? Did you really think it wouldn't eventually come under control of those that seek to control everything? Do you really want to go to a cashless society? No, I mean, we all use bank cards every day, but we don't think too much of it because there's an actual currency that gets moved from hand to hand on occasion. It's convertible to green dollars or coins, so nobody really pays a whole lot of attention to it. But if you go to a full cashless society and somebody just makes a few clicks on that keyboard, and you don't have access to any of your money. Did anybody even consider that? Did anybody even look at that possibility? 
Go back to 2018. I'm going to guess most of us would have never, ever given a thought. Now, there are some futurists out there. There are some people that I've listened to, you know, more so in the past than recently, but they were spot on. They saw this coming. They knew it would happen. They even warned about it, but they also accepted that that's the direction things were going. There was very little we could do about it, but they had practical advice on how to deal with it. They had practical ways to adapt your life so you could not be easily controlled by this. And I'd only wish that I was in a position to better follow the recommendations to follow their lead. Though I'm a lot closer now, I fear it may be too late. It's never too late, they say, until it is. So let me ask the rhetorical question, when will it be too late? Oh, that's a very good question. I don't know. But again, one step forward. One step towards the goal. If you can just accomplish that each and every day or each and every week, eventually the goal gets closer and closer. I've listened to a guy named Jack for a long time and his idea is based off the concept if you're not growing, you're dying. He says if you're not expanding liberty, you're losing liberty. And I'm paraphrasing. So if we're not expanding or growing our liberty, we're losing it. Now let me ask you, in your own life, in your own operations, have you grown your personal liberty? Have you expanded your own resiliency? Have you taken a step forward to your own independence? That is the question. Now, guys like me, we spend a lot of time worrying about government interfering with reducing it or limiting it. Don't always spend a lot of time thinking about how do we personally improve that situation. I'm trying to work at doing both. I got to tell you, it's a challenge. It's a a challenge to be able to stay focused on two different things, ultimately wanting the same goal. Going back to the idea you have to be practical sometimes. I, as an individual, could not change the outcome of the primary in the state of Texas. Oh, I tried and I gave a little money. I donated some time. I advocated. I endorsed. I put signs out. I, I did all the things that we're supposed to do as a bare minimum. And it didn't change the outcome. Now, you can get into the reasons why it didn't change the outcome. You, you can go just... With the simple, the people didn't want it, to the more nefarious, well, of course, they worked against you and cheated. I don't know where it is on that continuum. Quite frankly, I don't care. What's done is done. We've made the choice as the state of Texas, and we're going to go forward. I can't fix it, but I am going to be concerned about how do I protect the rights that matter most? How do I defend liberty? But in addition to defending liberty, I accept that I've got imperfect people and that I have to work with what I've got. And every day I take, even if it's a baby step forward in protecting my individual liberty and protecting my family's liberty and looking at how can I be more resilient, more independent? How can I, how can I protect my family long-term? I'm in the middle of a pivot 
pivot is not backing out of what I'm doing politically. I think that would be a mistake. I think there's a whole lot of people that would be a whole lot less aggressive in defending liberty than I am. There's a whole lot of people that are a lot more apologetic for bad policy and mm, lethargic in response. I am neither. But on the flip side, now I have to look at how can I better prepare for a situation that is sooner or later going to be way beyond my control. I might be able to fight back and defend my little niche of Collin County or all of Collin County. We may be able to slow the progress of the progressives, but how do I actively increase? How do I actively make it better for my family and I, for my little community I belong to? And that's the challenge. So I have to play defense in the political realm while I'm trying to play offense in the independence realm. And that's the pivot. For so long, I've criticized my fellow political people and always playing defense, having no offense. And we still really don't have an adequate offense. I mean, we, we're going to run the imperfect candidates, right? We're, we're going to run the people that are going to be less bad than the Democrats. And we're going to have to be okay with it. But what else can we do? We, we put all we could into the primary to getting the best candidate in there that we possibly could. But now that we have to accept our choices, we have to accept the less than ideal. What else can we do? Where else can we go? How can we best make a step forward? That is the pivot. That is the decision. What can we do next? So I'm now 195 episodes into this little odyssey I started about a year ago. Now there's a half a dozen or a dozen episodes that are separate, not labeled by a specific number. And I did that on purpose. I've done some fun episodes. I've done, you know, some forums. I've done some interviews. I'm looking at having another interview at some point this week. But as I hit episode 200, as I'm looking forward to the new direction, I've retooled the idea in my head multiple times since December of last year. What is it that I want to do? What is it I'm looking to accomplish? Now, Chris Ann Hall, she does a teach show. She does an excellent job of educating people. Tom Woods, he does both an interview and an educational show. He spends an enormous amount of time talking to people and ferreting out ideas and going down a trail of better understanding things, most definitely in a libertarian vein, but specifically in just understanding an issue and how there is a, we'll call it a libertarian answer for it or a liberty answer for those of you that are put off by that. And then uh, Brian McClanahan, I really, really have enjoyed his... His is also a teach show. I mean, the guy's got a PhD in history. He spends a lot of time talking about the proper application and proper understanding of history as it happened 
fully acknowledging there's lots of nuance, there's lots of messy things that have occurred and what we're being told and what we're being taught is far from the whole truth, both before and now. And I, man, I really have enjoyed the plethora of shows coming out of the FLF network. That's Fight, Laugh, Feast. Look, I, I even went so far as to bring in a guy from the Cross Politics Show. He's going to come visit us on all of all days, St. Patrick's Day, right here in McKinney, Texas. And we're going to talk about basically God and government. What is what is the proper role of government in our lives, both in your family, in your church, and in the government, Right? the state, if you will, talking about what was set up. All of that feeds into the idea of expanding your mind, giving you a better understanding, wrapping the world into a package that can be understood by the basic person. The person doesn't have the time to go get a PhD. The person doesn't have the time to go get you know, a lawyer's education, the person that doesn't have the time to study economics for years on end for fun, a person that doesn't have their, you know, masters in theology or whatever. These are all things that work together to broaden your mind, to give you an understanding and give you an idea of the scope of history, where we're at and where we're going. So as I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm wondering what, should my goals be? What What should I work out with my wife and my family? What should I be desiring to see my outcome in five or 10 years from now? What does that look like? That's all part of this pivot, right? You can be fully involved political. You can devote your entire life to politics. And at the end of the day, you could look back and say, well, what did I do? What did I get out of this? Did I really defend liberty? Did I really make a difference? And I'd hate to get to be 80 years old and look back and say, man, I wasted a whole lot of time and have nothing to show for it. Now I got 30 more years before I get there. And I'm just wondering, what else can I be doing? What else can I do to be proactive? How else can I improve my family situation, my community situation. Now I've hinted at a couple of things I've been thinking about in previous episodes and a couple of videos I did. And and that's all part of this pivot. And I hope to have an answer here pretty soon because I've been thinking about this for about four months. What can I do? What, What would be the best thing to invest into? What is the outcome that would be best for my family, for me, for my community. And I I think one of the things I'm going to look at doing is perhaps in about another week, I'm going to line up a couple of interviews with other people around that I know, other people that are at different stages of life, other people that maybe are a little bit different side of the spectrum. And we're going to have a conversation talking about this idea I just got to find a few willing volunteers that won't mind being recorded and I can use their real name or not. That's up to them. And I think that'd be really interesting shows to put out and, and give us an opportunity to have a dialogue as opposed to my monologue. I'm sure at the end of 
25 or 30 minutes, it can be quite tiring listening to me. I recommend paying at least 1.5 speed, but nevertheless, we must go forward. The idea I brought up at the beginning when I mentioned the episode name, Morality Matters. It's not so much that morality matters, it's the matters. What are the things that you can be doing? How do you invest in your own personal morality? Now, for me as a Christian, it's quite clear, you know, these are certain things that are outlined. This is what we're taught. This is the biblical answer for these things. And for me, it's been consistent since I was a kid. But not everybody's in the same place. And I have to allow some freedom for people that, you know, didn't come from that background, that don't necessarily uh, aren't there yet. I want to have that dialogue. I want to have the the open discussion of, well, how do we protect liberty? How do we do this in a way that we're also protecting things that I would call right? What, what do we agree upon our rights? This is the, this is the thing that I want to look in. I want to spend some time, maybe a month or two. And then that'll be all part of this pivot as to how do we do better? How do we go forward? hundred and ninety five episodes in and that's where I'm at. And I ask you, if you think this was worth your time, share the show. Like the show, put a comment on it. I guess you can even rate it. Send me a text. Send me an email. It's not that hard to do that. I'm really interested to see what you think. I'm closing in at five thousand downloads. I didn't really see that happening as few as 30 episodes ago, but we're there. We're almost there. It's it's a very interesting time we live in. And there's a direct conflict going on in our society around us. I know what side I'm on. And I'm really curious to see where we can come through on the other side. So join me. With that, this is According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.